This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me. As always, draft season is on full swing. The combine is a couple weeks away. Here at Saturday to Sunday, we are doing our film analysis. We are re-ranking and doing more scouting reports. I have been grinding film for the better part of the last week and a half or so. I have added many players, scouting reports, to the 2023 premium scouting notebook over at Saturday to Sunday. Been updating, editing the profiles that were in there. I have two more, and that most likely will be all the prospects added to that, unless somebody really jumps out from either from the combine who I don't have in there. But I think right now, once I get these final two in, uh, I think I've added like another like twelve to fifteen, and then updated a lot of the guys that were in there. But I don't see a scenario where there's anybody who I think has legit consideration to be a top four-round pick, not in the scouting notebook. Many guys will be day three, later in day three, round five, round six, round seven, a lot of guys. But unless they're like guys who I think will be in the round three, four, or obviously round one or two, but if, if they're guys who I think could go round three, round four, I will continue to add more names, but I think... I have a pretty strong grasp on the guys that I think could be in the mix in the top four rounds at the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position. A lot of guys who are in the notebook will go later in the draft, rounds five through seven, some UDFA guys. So there'll be over 100 names in the scouting notebook from the offensive skill players. And I thought this was a good episode. You know, this year we've decided here at Saturday, Sunday to save our tier buster shows which we usually try to squeeze in prior to the combine with the Super Bowl and the season that's a little bit longer now and the senior, the senior bowl moved back a, a week. It, it just is a little bit of a crunch to try to get those shows out and not feel like they're being rushed out. Uh, so this year we're going to do right after the combine. Obviously we'll have recaps for each night of the combine an overall recap show. Then we will do the tier buster shows where I'll do my tiered rankings at the quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end position. That'll be four separate episodes. Then we will start bringing in guests to pick their brain about the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers and tight ends. And we will have guest shows basically right up until draft week, final projections uh, from my end, then the week of the draft kind of set the stage. So we are in full swing here, uh, getting ready for the 2020 NFL draft. So I thought, a lot of guys who I did a deep dive film analysis on over the last week and a half to write in the scouting notebook are guys that we haven't really dug deep in on this show too much during this year. So I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of talk through a little bit in terms of what I saw, uh, some tidbits that I've added to the, the scouting notebook on these guys. So why don't we start there? I'm going to start the quarterback position. Uh, one guy was Jay Kaner, who obviously was at the senior bowl, but I hadn't done a deep dive on him until uh, recently, you know, when I look at Jay Kaner, I think he's a little bit undersized. 
I think he's got average to above average athleticism, mobility, and arm talent in terms of velocity and strength. I think he's good to very good accuracy in the short to intermediate range. I think he's a very good decision maker. He shows good instincts. He plays with good mental processing. He shows the ability to go through progressions with the ability to throw with touch and anticipation. To me, when I view him, I still think early day great. I think around four guy. Uh, round four, round five. I think he might get pushed up late round three, but I think more round four, round five is where he should be ticketed. I think he's a backup quarterback with the upside to be a spot starter and keep the offense functional if he has to take over for a team due to injury. I think best in the air raid or spread type offense. Uh, I think his size and frames and inconsistent accuracy and ball placement on vertical throws are the questions in terms of hindering Hainer, I think a little bit. Uh, things that I'd like to see him improve upon would definitely be that accuracy and ball placement, tight window throws, and more in particular, vertical throws outside the numbers. Uh, so that was my that was my thoughts on Hayner. Obviously, I talked about him a little bit at the Senior Bowl, but I hadn't really had a chance to do, you know, a deep dive. Uh, someone who I really enjoyed watching. We talked about him this year, but I hadn't done a full deep dive on Hendon Hooker. And here's my stance on Hendon Hooker. I think if it wasn't for his age and injuries. He'd be my QB four. He'd be ahead of Will Levis. I think there's a lot to like about Hendon Hooker. You know, great size and frame, very good athleticism, rushing ability and mobility, very good arm talent in terms of velocity and strength to make every NFL pro. Great vertical passer with good to very good accuracy. Throws the deep ball with tremendous touch. Shows very good mechanics and footwork. There's a lot to like about Hendon Hooker's game. Is there things that... I have questions or things that I consider developmental areas for sure. You know, the offense that he was asked to play in created a lot of wide open passing lanes. He wasn't asked to go for progressions a lot. And while he has the athleticism and mobility to move around, I think most of it is when he broke, you know, from the pocket, he wasn't looking to make plays with his arm and he wasn't keeping his eyes downfield. It was more turned into a runner and that's fine. But we see the, 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 the top level quarterbacks, you know, they show the ability to do both, right? They show the ability to run when they when they need to, but then at the same time make a play with their arm when they're on the move. We didn't see Hooker do a lot of that. I think he turned more quickly into a runner, and I'd like to see him keep his eyes downfield. Maybe he, there's a big pass play to be had rather than him, you know, pick up 10 yards rushing. Maybe there's a chunk play uh, that he could pick up with his arm and he could throw while he's on the move and while he gets out of the pocket. But like I said, if it wasn't for the torn ACL, I think he might have climbed his way into round one. If it wasn't for his age, I think he began a lot of talked about. I think he's going to go on day two. I think he's got the upside to be a starting caliber quarterback at the NFL level. I think the use of RPO concepts in a spread air raid type offense, I think Hendon Hooker could really shine. I think if you're a team who's not looking to invest in round one, but it wants to take a shot somewhere in round two, I think Hooker is the guy to, to, to gamble on. I think he's the only guy. Uh, assuming Bryce Young, obviously CJ Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson going round one. I think Hendon Hooker is the only guy who should go on day two, and I'd be willing to pull the trigger on day two. Really intrigued with Hendon Hooker's skill set. I think, like I said, there's a lot to be intrigued with with his game. There's areas that you want to see that we have question marks on for sure, but we saw him play in the SEC this year. We saw him against Alabama. We saw him against a lot of really good opponents. And Hooker developed and, and delivered all throughout this year prior to his injury. So I think stock really up on Hendon Hooker in terms of his film analysis, not in terms of his draft stock, because I think the injury and the age 
he's holding him back a little bit. But in terms of me really deep in, uh, digging into him, really intrigued by the overall skill set. Uh, last one that I had a chance to do a film analysis on, and I said I was. Another guy was at the Senior Bowl. It was Clayton Toon out of Houston, 6'2", 213. Average size and frame, average to above average athleticism with some good mobility to move around the pocket. Shows good to very good accuracy and ball placement in the short to intermediate range. Throws a good touch and anticipation. Displays good mental processing with a quick release and the ability to go through progressions. I think he's a vapory round five to seven type quarterback. I think he's a backup quarterback at the next level. I have some concerns about his arm talent in terms of his velocity and strength put it into tight windows and his ability to, to push the ball vertically down the field. So I think that's what kind of makes him, uh, you know, a round five to round seven type guy, you know, backup slash developmental third string type quarterback. That's what I saw out of Clayton tune. If we take this over to the running back position. So first guy that I want to talk about is Israel Abaconda out of Pittsburgh He's the junior. He's 5'11", 215 pounds this year. I mean, 1,400 yards rushing, 20 touchdowns. Uh, let's start with the couple concerns right off the bat before I talk about the things I really liked about his game. I, I think right now he's, a, he's very much an unknown in the passing game. He only had 12 catches this past year. Uh, is it Pittsburgh didn't ask to use him much? Is, can he not do it? So I think there's legitimate questions about whether or not he's a three-down player at the next level and how much he could contribute in terms of the passing game. Second thing is, while he's got great size and speed combination, I do think he's not a guy who's going to make people miss in the open field with elusiveness. He's a guy who's got his speed, his bursts, his acceleration, the angles he takes, and I think he does a good job at, at taking the right angles. And and then once he gets in in space, he uses that natural speed and size combination Uh I don't think he's a guy who's going to make people miss in short spaces. You know, the jukes, the cuts, I don't think that's really Abaconda's game. Uh, I think there's still some natural run instincts and vision and patience that needs to be developed. But the size, the speed, the burst acceleration are real. The angles that he takes, the ability to get to the outside, the lateral quickness. There's a lot to really like about Abaconda's game. Uh, runs really tough physical, shows contact balance, bounces off guys, uh, good play strength, a lot in terms of a skill set that intrigues me, uh, showed the ability to break plays, a lot of big plays in college. So overall, I like Abaconda. I think he's right in that round three, round four mix, which I think this draft class at the running back position, the amount of guys who I think are in that round three, round four border are insane. They're not all going to go round three and round four. There's going to be great running backs to fold around five that we're going to be stunned or still there, but it just goes so deep in terms of how many guys there there is in this class. And I think Avaconda is in that mix. I know uh, pre-combine, uh, you know, both Kuiper and Dame Brugler had him you know, in their top tens. I, I'm not sure if there's been updates, uh, you know, since the combine, but I know Dan Brugler had him at number 10 before, the, before, uh, I'm sorry, I, I said combine before the senior bowl. Uh, he obviously wasn't there as a junior, so I'm not sure he would have moved down, but Abaconda was 10th on Dan Brugler's list, uh, you know, on Mel Kuyper's list. He was inside, he was actually number five. 
So this is a guy who Big Draft Media is a fan of, five on Kuiper, 10 on Brugler, uh, size-speed combo, like to like, a lot to like out of Avakanda's game. Another running back that I got eyes on for the first time in terms of doing a deep dive was Chase Brown. I know the reports at the Senior Bowl were not glowing. A lot of concerns about Chase Brown. Uh, but this year, over 1,600 yards, 10 touchdowns rushing, 27 receptions for 240 yards and three touchdowns. So I think he's only got average size, but pretty good frame. He came to the Senior Bowl really rocked up. Very good to great athleticism, speed, burst, explosiveness, and acceleration. Very good lateral quickness to get to the perimeter. Very good footwork with one-cut ability to get upfield. Good change of direction, skills, agility, and elusiveness in the open field. Shows good receiving skills. In terms of some things that Chase Brown's got to work on, I think definitely some ball security issues, uh, some pass protection, and they get times. You know, just his vision and patience, I think probably I would classify as average, but at times I think are a little bit inconsistent. So I think he tries to use his athleticism sometimes more than he should, which is a common trait for a lot of college running backs, even great ones like Saquon Barkley. I think sometimes Chase Brown tried to make too much out of nothing instead of just putting his head down, getting two or three yards, tries to kick it to the outside, ends up losing yards, but he's looking for that big play. So I think that's an area where he could develop a little bit and just, you know, take what's there at times and not always look to kick it to the outside. If he could prove upon that and his ball security and pass protection, I think he could be a pre-down player at the next level. Uh, he'll probably be taken as a part of a committee backfield, maybe used as a change of pace receiving type guy early in his career as he continues to develop. I think he's right in that round three, round four mix. I think teams are intrigued with high-level athletes. I think the Bruce Feldman freak list, I think that's something that NFL teams are very aware of. I think, you know, when they're talking around three, round four, they're looking for high upside traits. And I think Chase Brown's going to be a guy who tests really well at the combine. Whatever concerns and, and questions that arose at the senior bowl, I think Brown at the combine could do a really strong job at putting some of them to rest with a really impressive combine performance. And I expect to see that, uh, while he's not a guy who who I just had eyes on for the first time, I do want to talk about Zach Charbonnet because I did rewatch him a little bit too while I was studying these other running backs just to kind of see because I continue to see him as someone that other people are higher on in the industry than me. I still see him, while I thought his film this year was better, I still see him very much the same way. Great size and frame, great play strength, power, contact balance, finishing ability, toughness. Uh, I like his footwork. I think he's got really good footwork, vision, and patience. I think he allows his blocks to develop and it's decisive hitting the holes. I think he's got to be an in between the tackles, eye formation, get him going downhill. Uh, in college, he had a lot of a runway to really get going. This, the, the run, the scheme that they ran there created a lot of wide open rushing lanes. And then when he gets ahead of steam going, he really makes him dangerous, especially for a bigger back. He's got quick feet. But I think when he slows down and tries to gather himself, change directions, I saw a guy that that I still have question marks about. I still think his athleticism, his speed, his movement skills, and his short area bursts are average at best. Uh, and I think if he didn't play behind a strong power offensive line type run team, I think there might be some struggles and difficulty for Sarbonnet. So he's not going to be a guy who's in my top five. He's more of a guy who's going to be at the back end of my top 10, maybe top 11, top 12. I think he belongs in that round three, round four mix because I think he's a better prospect than Brian Robinson. I think he's a better prospect than Samir White. Uh, I like him more than I like Damian Pierce last year. So those guys were in there. I just think in this draft class, I think it's such a good draft class. And that's why for me, he'll be in that like 10, 11 range, I think, 
uh, when it's all said and done. But at the same time, I still think he's going round three uh, because I just think the NFL, the a lot of people are a little higher on him. And if we've seen guys like Brian Robinson and them go in round three and Jameer White early round four, I think Charbonnet and his production is going to go round three. So I think he'll go round three. I think he belongs in that round three, round four border. But I'm not sure. I, I don't like a guy like Abaconda better, Kendrick Miller better. Uh, you know, I like Tank Bigsby better. You know, and, and I don't think a lot of other people are there. I like, you know, I like, uh, you know, other guys, you know, who other people aren't as high on. I like Eric Gray better. You know, I like Kenny McIntosh. I like Roshan Johnson better. So there's a lot of guys that I like better than, than Zach Charbonnet, who will be more in that 10 to 12 range for me, uh, not in my top five. If we keep this going, next guy I want to talk about who I did a deep dive on was Kendra Miller, TCU, junior, 6 feet, 220. This year he had 1399 rushing yards, 6.2 yards per carry, 17 touchdowns. Chipped in with 16 catches for 116 yards. Great size and frame. Above average athleticism, speed, and acceleration for his size and frame. Good short area burst and quickness. I love the footwork. To me, very good footwork. Shows good vision and patience with natural run-in things. I like his contact balance, his play strength, and elusiveness to pick up extra yards after contact. For a bigger guy, he doesn't profile like, to me, Charbonnet profiles as a power back. To me, Kendra Miller at his size plays more like a smaller back, and that intrigues me. The footwork, the ability to make people miss in the open field, I really like that. I think he's elusive in the open field, but he combines that uh, with his power and play strength so he can make people miss, pick up yards after contact. Uh, I think he was near to lead in terms of running backs who picked up yards after initial contact. So I like a lot about his game. I think he's going to be a part of a committee backfield that will play more on early downs because there are some questions about his receiving abilities, pass protection, and his receiving skills. Uh, I think he's best in an inside or gap zone uh, or gap run scheme. I think he can kick it to the outside, though. I think he's a round three, round four guy. I think the NFL probably takes him in round three. But I just think some of these guys, we can't pencil all these guys in for round three. Some of, are going to, or some of them are going to fall to date three. I think Kendra Miller is in that mix, round three, round four. I just talked about Zach Charbonnet. I like him more than Charbonnet. Uh, I think some NFL teams might as well, just when you combine the size, the frame with the footwork and a little bit more speed. Uh, I think Kendra Miller might go higher than some guys that we're thinking are going to go higher than him. I think the NFL is going to be a fan of Kendra Miller. Guy who I got eyes on for the first time was Keenan Mitchell out of East Carolina. He's a redshirt sophomore, 5'9", 184 pounds. This past year at East Carolina, he had 1,452 yards rushing, 14 touchdowns, kicked in with 27 catches for 252 yards. Undersized for short, 5'9", 184. But we're talking very good to great level athlete. Speed, burst, acceleration, footwork, cutting ability, change of direction, agility, elusiveness in the open field, good receiving skills with yak ability, versatile to be used as an offensive weapon. I think we're talking about a guy who's going to be in that six to eight touch a game type of player probably early in his career, change of pace running back, pass catching running back, offensive weapon. Maybe he's used a little bit like Tariq Cohen was early in his career or at times Darren Sproles. Uh, but I think Keenan Mitchell is the guy who big play, explosive ability. Somebody's going to like him. I think in terms of you're going to use him as a runner, I think you're talking outside zone. Get him in space. Uh, allow him to use his speed, use his cutting ability, use his ability to make people miss. You want him on the perimeter. You want him in space. You want 
him putting defenders in conflict. I think Keaton Mitchell can do that. He'll be around five, six, seven type guy. I don't think, but maybe his speed, if he really, you know, flies at the combine, he is going to be at the combine. Maybe he could push his way into early, you know, day three and be around four guy. But right now I'd probably say more like round five, round six. Another guy, if we keep this going, uh, Ty J Spears, obviously talked a lot about him at, from the senior bowl last past year, 1,581 yards, 19 touchdowns, 22 receptions for 256 yards and two touchdowns. This is a guy who speed, very good speed, athleticism, quickness, change of direction skills, agility can make people miss runs with good toughness for, for a guy, his size uh, shows good vision, takes care of the football, obviously to frame a little bit of a concern, uh, doesn't have a ton of, you know, pass protection reps. So that's something that, it, you know, we're going to want to see more of because I think he profiles at the NFL level as part of a committee, change of pace, pass catching bag, all of those kind of blended together. Uh, but we're talking about an explosive, explosive player. He was the best running back down there at Mobile. You know, we talked about that a lot on uh, the senior bowl recap show, all the reports down there were glowing. His footwork, his, ab- his ability to make people miss. Uh, you know, there's so much to like about Ty J's game. Uh, I think he's now, if the medicals check out, that's one of the things about uh, Spears that are going to be very important at the combine. But if the medicals check out, we're talking about a guy who I think is going on day two. Uh, shows he can be a factor in the pass game, can be a factor on special teams in the return game, and it's that big playability combined with the speed, the athleticism that I think he can run in a gap or a zone run scheme. I think ideally you want him out on the perimeter. Uh, Ty J Spears, another guy really impressed when I watched him on film. And then uh, if we take this to the pass catchers, Let's start at the tight end group. I always think it's interesting to start tight end group. Uh, did a deep dive on Davis Allen out of Clemson. He was the guy who was at the Senior Bowl. Uh, great size and frame, average athleticism and straight line speed. Very good to great catch radius, length, and hands uh, with the ball skills to adjust and high point to passes. He uses his frame to create late separation at the catch point. I love when I see tight ends do that, especially who aren't like top-level athletes. Average to above average blocking skills, versatile to line up in line or detached. Not going to be a guy who does much in terms of yak ability, change of direction or agility, but he can attack the seam. He's got great ball skills. Uh, Davis Allen is going to be a guy who I think he'll start out as a tight end too, uh, maybe develop into more down the line. I think he's ticketed for day three of the NFL draft. Another guy down from the senior bowl who I had got more eyes on over the last week and a half was Payne Dorham. This past year, 56 receptions for 560 yards and eight touchdowns. Really productive season for Payne Thorne. Another guy similar to Davis Allen. Great size and frame. There's some athletic limitations for sure, but very good to great length. Catch radius and hands. Uses his body and frame well. Uh, Similar to Davis Allen to create that late separation at the catch point. Good to very good play strength, toughness, and blocking skills. To me, he's a traditional inline wide tight end who had great collegiate production. He's going to be a guy who could be a high-level blocker, but also be a functional pass catcher, keep the chains moving, find the soft spots and zones. Uh, I like Payne Dorham. I think he's a guy who's going to start out as a tight end too, and that might be where he lives for most of his career, but I think he could also be a guy 
if you're not looking for an explosive player at the tight end position, I think he could be a guy that could be a functional or serviceable starting tight end. I think he's probably will start out as a depth guy and maybe develop into a tight end too. But I like his overall game. I think he's a day three type guy. I kind of expect him maybe in that round four, round five mix. Uh, other tight end that I watched, I thought there was one more. Uh, let's see. Nope. Those are the only two new tight ends added to the scouting notebook. Uh, let's shift this over to the wide receiver position. There was some wide receivers for sure that I dug into uh, following the senior bowl. And I realized, even though I talked about him a lot, that I had not done a full deep dive yet on Jalen Hyatt. And in a year that I think there's a lot of question marks about the top of the wide receiver board. Jalen Hyatt's going to come in probably in my top three when I finish my rankings. You know, the junior out of Tennessee, six feet, 180 pounds. To me, he's part Will Fuller, part Deshaun Jackson. I think he's a vertical slot, but but has the skill set that he'd be a factor on the outside as well. I think he's going round one. I think he's got a real shot to be the first wide receiver taken. I think he can go somewhere in the teens. If not, by the middle of the 20s, he's going to be gone. I think you're talking about a guy, yeah, average size at six feet, a little undersized at 180 pounds, but great athleticism with elite game-breaking speed, burst, acceleration, and explosiveness to get vertical and create separation from his defenders. He's got good body control and hands. He's got the ball skills with the ability to adjust at high points of the football. He's not going to be a guy who does a lot of you know, make you miss with, with cuts and stops, but he's a guy who's got really good yak ability. If you get him in the right spots, right? A quick slant wide receiver screen where he can just get upfield quickly. I think he's got more straight line speed than make you miss type. I think that's probably about average in terms of his change of direction and cutting ability. But I think you're talking about a guy with big time speed burst and acceleration. So I think you could manufacture stuff for him in the short game and he could be a weapon there as well. Like we saw Jalen Waddle in his first year at Miami, and they just didn't really use him much vertically, but he had a monster year. And we thought he was going to be a guy that had to live down the field. And he showed that he can be a guy that could do a lot of damage on those quick slants, those screens, bubble stuff, near the line of scrimmage. So I think Hyatt has more of that to his game, but I think his bread and butter is going to be the vertical. Uh, I could see if he does fall in any way, a team like the Chiefs late in round one. I could see the Giants, especially if they let Darius Slayton go. I think Brian Dable could look at him and really could find a way to get him and maximize his skill set. But I, I really came away impressed with Jalen Hyatt. I think there is a I think there's zero percent chance him and his speed get out of round one. Uh, another wide receiver coming off of the senior bowl that I did a deep dive on was Tank Dell, Nathaniel Tank Dell out of Houston. He's a senior, 5'8", 163 pounds, had 109 receptions this past year for almost 1,400 yards and 17 touchdowns. Let's start with the obvious, the developmental or the concerning areas. The size and frame is never going to change. He's small. He's 5'8", he's 163 pounds. We've never seen a wide receiver that small be a big-time player at the next level. We've seen guys go high, 2-2 Atwell uh, is the most recent guy. I don't think you can compare Tank Dell to Wondell Robinson. Wondell Robinson, while he was short in stature, uh, he was more rocked up in terms of it, of terms of his frame, uh, and just the way, you know, he presented himself, but you're not drafting him for his size, his frame, his play strength, his physicality, his length, his ability at contested catches. You're drafting him 
because he's got very good to great athleticism, speed, burst, explosiveness, acceleration, and, you know, to win at all three levels of the field. That's the reason why you're, you're drafting him. You're, you know, you're drafting him because he's got very good to great suddenness, uh, footwork, separation, quickness. Uh, he can make people miss in the open field. He shows great movement skills. Yak ability, agility, and elusiveness in the open field. You could use them on manufactured touches, the jet sweeps, the quick slants, the screens, you know, the end of rounds. He's, a, he's got dynamic return skills. So I look at him and I think he should be a complimentary to starting wide receiver in three wide sets, be an offensive weapon. I think he's a starting slot wide receiver due to his big playability. I don't know based on that size and frame where he's ticketed yet. I think right now I'd say round three, round four. But all it takes is one team to fall in love with that speed. So he could even get pushed up a little bit higher. If a lot of teams have concerns about the frame, maybe it pushes him down a little bit further into day three. But I just think somebody's going to be intrigued with the skill set, the, the total package, and say we, we're going to find a way to maximize his skill set, maximize that athleticism and that explosiveness. Same way the Giants didn't care that on most big boards, Wondell Robinson was – you know, a third round pick or a fourth round pick. Giants took him, you know, fairly in the middle of round two. And the whispers were there were a lot of teams that were eyeing him in round two. So I I think it's a different league now. Teams look at him as a guy. Teams will look at him as an offensive weapon that can, you know, be a dynamic presence uh, added to their offense. So I think he's going to go somewhere in that round three, round four mix. Let me take you to the next guy that that I studied at the wide receiver position, and that was Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. 5'11", 185 pounds this past year, 54 receptions, 899 yards, and nine touchdowns. Another guy. He's not as small in terms of height or weight as Tank Dell, but he's undersized at 5'11", 185 pounds. But we're talking about another guy. Great athleticism, speed, explosiveness, burst, acceleration. He could win vertically down the field. He creates separation from his defenders. He's got great footwork, separation, quickness, and route running ability. Of the guys we were talking about, the the, the athletic guys I talked about, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Tank Dell, I think Tyler Scott's got the best route running and separation quickness in and out of his breaks of any of them. I think he's got great yak ability, change of direction skills, elusiveness and agility in the open field. I think he's got very good body control and ball skills with the ability to adjust in high points. In terms of things that you're going to say, developmental, concerning, weaknesses, whatever you want to classify them, yeah, it's the frame, it's the play strength, it's limited to mostly outside wide receiver in college, but I think at the next level, we're probably talking vertical slot. Uh, not a lot on film in terms of contested catches or beating physical press. He had some drop issues he's got to clean up. But another explosive player, I think he's a complimentary starting wide receiver in three wide sets. I think he's going on day two of the draft. I just think he's got too much upside, too much explosiveness. Teams are craving that in the passing game. They're looking to have three or four guys at the receiver position. So everybody's looking for wide receivers. I think someone's going to look at Scott and think he could add a dynamic, explosive playmaker to their offense. And you're going to see him go higher. Uh, You're not hearing a lot of buzz about him. I think that'll change pre-combine and for sure post-combine in terms of how explosive I expect him to be. So there it is, guys. All of my latest film analysis. Uh, I'm not sure how many guys I just ran through there, but touched upon a bunch of new quarterbacks from Hendon Hooker, 
to Jay Kaner, to Clayton Toon, talked about David Allen and, and Payne Dorham at the tight end position, talked about a host of running backs, and then at the wide receiver position, Jalen Hyatt, Tyler Scott, Tank Dell, all those explosive, explosive uh, receivers who are going to add dynamic playmaking ability to any NFL team that drafts them. Guys, I hope you're enjoying the coverage that we're putting out in terms of the film studies, the senior bowl recap. We have so much here planned next week. Uh, we'll start talking. It won't be a full combine preview. That'll be the week after the, the week that leads into the combine. Uh, so next week, hopefully I can get Jeff back. Maybe we can kind of set the stage. I know Jeff's been watching some guys so maybe pick his brain on some of these guys. If I, if I get to uh, get back to and do more film on guys that we've talked a lot about, similar to like I talked about Zach Charbonnet, uh, maybe I'll have some updated takes. I kind of want to rewatch Anthony Richardson. Obviously, you guys know I'm a fan of him uh, and some other guys as I'm trying to sort my rankings, my tiers. Uh, I really want to have my rankings pretty. Uh, I want to have a baseline rankings pre before the combine that I feel good about watching updated film and then adjust, you know, from, you know, I think the combine is going to help this year, maybe a little bit more than, than ever in terms of breaking ties and, and helping me. You know, maybe a guy's got a little bit more untapped athleticism than I thought, and that'll be something that pushes him ahead of somebody else for me in a close-knit group or in a tier. So, again, if you're liking this coverage, get over to ssfootball.com. It's the fastest and easiest way to get there. Check out the premium content tab, and for $9.99, you get access to all of our premium notebooks. You get the scouting notebook, which I've been talking about all night. Uh all our scouting reports for all the offensive skill players. It's going to have close to 100 from the 2023 draft class. Uh, if there's any more that I need to continue to add, I will. If I think they're going to have a legitimate shot to be a top four round pick uh, or even early round five, a lot of guys in there will go later in the draft. Uh, I'll continue to update it and edit it as I watch more film that becomes available. You get the rankings notebook, which has all our different rankings. Uh, dynasty draft eligible right now, the draft rankings, it'll have our dynasty rookie rankings right after the draft. It'll have, it has our dynasty positional rankings. So every, all our different types of rankings you can find in there. And then right about a week or so before the NFL draft, you get the draft projections notebook, uh, tabs for every single position, offense and defense, uh, height, weight measurements from, uh, testing numbers from the combine and a snapshot of who they are letting you know how they win some developmental areas or concerns, uh, just to kind of give you a quick picture and synopsis on who the player is and what they can bring to your favorite NFL team. You get all of it guys for nine 99. It is the best way to help support the show and continue to let us do what we do here. So if you can't purchase it, uh, please, wherever you listen to the podcast, rate, review, subscribe, and we greatly appreciate that as well. So, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.